Welcome to the Exec MBA Podcast. I'm your host, Brett Twitty, and you are listening to a new episode. So in this episode of the podcast, we continue our ongoing spotlight on executive MBA clubs and organizations with an interview with Johnny O'Boyle and Hannah Solomon. Johnny and Hannah are two leaders of the Executive MBA Entrepreneurship Club, or what is known as MBAC, amongst our executive MBA students. And I invited them on the podcast to talk a little bit more about their backgrounds, how they decided to pursue an MBA, what led them to the Darden, the impact of their Darden experience thus far, and of course, what they have planned for the Entrepreneurship Club in the year ahead. I think you're really going to enjoy this conversation. So without further ado, here's my interview with Johnny O'Boyle and Hannah Solomon. Hannah, Johnny, welcome to the podcast. Thanks so much for having us, Brett. Thanks, Brett. Excited to be here. Well, it's great to have you here. Um, how are things going, Hannah? How are you doing? I am doing well. We are a week before our Q5 exams. So um, in that flurry of activity, figuring out how to study, how to review, process what we just learned in the past two months. Um, but overall, pretty great. And it's we're at an exciting point in the program because we're halfway through. So that's definitely giving us a little energy to get through these exams. Yeah, last time I saw the two of you, I think we were on a rooftop in uh, Roslyn uh, yep. celebrating uh, the mid-program uh, point for for your cohort. So uh, that was a beautiful evening. Lots of lots of photo ops, as I gathered from looking around. Yeah, I can't yeah. believe it took us that much time to get up on the roof of Sands Family Grounds. It's so beautiful, perfect skyline, perfect weather. Um, it was a pretty fun night. Absolutely, Johnny. How are you doing? I'm doing great, Brett. Uh, as you and I talked about back in Charlotte, North Carolina, uh, where I'm born and raised. So excited to be back here with my family. Um, just separated from the Navy about two weeks ago. Uh, so excited to start a job with Microsoft and uh, be back home. Feel good to be home? Love being home. Bojangles and cookout. <laughs> uh, cookout has the best milkshakes. I am jealous. We don't have that. Yes, they do. Yet. I believe yes, you can also do. get a side of a corn dog in yeah. there. Yep. Um, it, it's interesting to think about. I think they have a quesadilla as well as a side, a side item. I mean, all things are possible, but Hannah, I would agree with you on the milkshake. I am probably a little bit more of a Bojangles partisan. Um, so I, I'll tell you a little, little bit of a story before we get into this. I put my business card in one of those fish bowls and they say, Hey, We'll select your, you know, one name a month or whatever to win free breakfast for their office. I won while I was at Darden and they brought in like 40 biscuits uh, and it was great. It was also a day where like a lot of people were doing file reading from home. And so if you've ever seen one person, me, try to eat six biscuits in one day <laughs> because I didn't want any of it go, to go to waste, I can speak to how you feel after three sausage egg. Uh, biscuits and three Cajun filet biscuits, and the answer okay. is, um, well, you feel that maybe not as well as you might think. So, there's <laughs> <laughs> too much. It's such a thing. It's too much of a good thing. So, um, so well, thank you both for coming on the podcast, and it is such an exciting time for you and your classmates. Um, it's uh, for as an admissions person, it's a thrill to get to see you go from starting the program in Charlottesville LR1 to you know, moving through the early quarters to where you are now, or you're moving in the second year of the program and starting to take electives uh, in the not too distant future. And so um, it is, man, things fly. It really goes. Uh, you're getting ready to take quarter five exams and 
next thing you know, you're on the downhill side, Q6, and man, graduation will be here before you know it. So, um, Johnny, let me start start with you. Tell us a little bit more uh, about your story. We're starting to put this together. Uh, Bojangles, the cookout enthusiast from the Queen <laughs> City, but uh, let's let's uh, let's go beyond that. Uh, so I had the fortunate um, chance to go to the Naval Academy for four years, and that kind of led me into a uh, nine-year Naval career uh, in the Supply Corps. So it's basically the the business arm of the Navy. Um, absolutely loved it. Uh, it actually gave me the chance to do a one-month stint at Darden, um, fully paid for by the Navy uh, through the Supply Corps. Um, and that's how I kind of learned about Darden's business school. But uh, nine years in the Navy, Hawaii, Newport Island to D.C., um, it was a great ride for my family and I. All right. And how did you decide that you wanted to pursue an MBA? Uh, so I was about a year out from separation. Uh, I had talked to a few friends who were either post MBAs or in their MBAs. And they, you know, they had talked about it, that it was really a formative time for them to really learn about what they wanted to do. Um, so for me, it was more of like a still learning. You know, I had my interest, I had my, what excited me but I still was unsure the path I wanted to take uh, post-Navy. Uh, so I wanted to go the Darden route so I could learn more about what's out there, you know, learn more from my classmates, what they're doing. Um, and, you know, it, it led me to great opportunities. So. All right. And Hannah, tell us, tell us about you. Sure. So I'm in Jacksonville, Florida, um, where I pretty much grew up right outside Jacksonville and Ponte Vedra. If anyone knows of the Players' Championship, it's a golf tournament. That's about our big claim to fame and Tim Tebow. Um, I went to University of um, Florida for undergrad. And after that, started a career in marketing and did a little bit of sales as well, but predominantly focused on marketing for the past 10 years. Um, I worked for a variety of technology companies and also had um, a couple years experience in sports marketing. And I knew that I always wanted to go back and get an MBA. Um, my dad had gotten an MBA after his undergrad program and had given me the very good advice of work for as long as you can, um, get some experience under your belt because that will only aid in your appreciation and, and what you'll get out of an MBA program. Um, so I'd say about two or three years ago, I seriously started pursuing um, my, my extensive research to figure out what type of program I wanted to do, what program um, I felt best suited my lifestyle. Um, I had just gotten married in 2020 and actually built a house in Jacksonville. So I knew that we weren't really in a place to uproot our life and go move somewhere um, where a top program would be located because we, we love living in Jacksonville. Um, so I started exploring the executive MBA options and Darden just kept coming up as the perfect fit for me. Yeah, there's a, I think I remember the story, right, Anna, when you were talking to us about your journey to Darden. Your husband has a golf podcast and one of our alums was a listener and was like, hey, I think Hannah should probably think about Darden, something like that. Yes, I will give a shout out to um, Brian Alis. He, so my husband runs a golf media company called No Laying Up and a big part of their following it joins this community, online community called The Refuge, where this is their term, not mine. They call themselves golf sickos. Um, 
They are very um, active on this golf community website. And when I was starting my research process to find uh, out about different MBA programs, I thought, you know, where a good place to source MBA information would be is a golf fan website. So I actually posted a question on the golf community board asking who had an MBA. Um, I got about 100 responses, which was pretty awesome. But the number one that stood out to me was Brian's. And he gave me his phone number, said, call me and talk to me for about an hour and ended up connecting me with a few other of his classmates. And I mean, they pretty much immediately sold me on Darden and and their experience. And I think that's pretty powerful if you're alone can can sell and talk to the program as strongly as they all did. It sounded like a place I wanted to be. I appreciate you in, indulging that that. Uh story related question, but it's such an amazing thing. Like I'm trying to think about like that's the the chances of like your your husband having this whole like golf venture, uh, that one of our alums is a listener, that you post there on uh the community board, that he responds, that you follow up with him. I mean like you start doing the like analysis of this. It seems unlikely, but at the same time, uh, talking to people on the podcast, there's so many of these kind of connections that happen where a Dart alum says, Oh, you gotta you got to do this. And next thing you know, that prospective student has talked to about five people and they've all said, you've got to do this. And so um, thank you for, for sharing that, Hannah. Um, so the, the occasion for this conversation is, uh, well, every time there are new club leaders in the executive MBA program, we like to invite the new club leadership on the podcast. And we are making the rounds here. This is the annual tradition. Uh, you are two of the leaders for the executive MBA entrepreneurship club. Uh, newly newly appointed. Uh, but at the same time, before we get there, I want to make sure we talk a little bit about where you are in the program and how you've grown and, and developed over this time. So Hannah, um, when you think about where you are now versus say where you were when you started the program, go all the way back to Charlottesville, August of 2021, um, LR, LR1. How do you feel like you've grown and, and developed during these 10 or so months? Oh, gosh, that's I think that's kind of hard to put into words, um, which I I think we've done a good bit of reflecting up to this point as well. Um, and Darden really emphasizes the need to stop and think about what you've learned. And uh, we were so rushed to get on to the next quarter and the next class and the next thing that I'm grateful they have given us that opportunity to sit and reflect. Um, I think the biggest change I've seen in myself is my openness um, to new ideas and people's experiences and learning from my classmates. I mean, I, that's what I was wanting out of the program, but I can tell the way I have approached topics and the way I think about things and the way I listen and absorb what, what my classmates are sharing in class is so powerful. Um, and it comes from appreciation of the diversity that we have of our class of the, the wide ranging skills and, and backgrounds and personalities that we have. I, I think it Darden emphasizes that their, their focus is developing leaders of people. Um, it doesn't matter what role you have. If you want to be the leader of an organization at the end of the day, you're a human managing human who's selling to humans or supporting humans. And it's this really, um, people-focused approach to business, which I just think is so important. And, um, you know, I'm so appreciative to have exposure to an education like this. But I, gosh, I just think I t- 
totally already think about business problems in a different context and, and not so worried about what I don't know, because I, I know I now have a classroom full of people that I can lean on to figure out what the answer is. Well, I appreciate your, your points around human aspects of business. I think oftentimes when we talk to prospective students, uh, thinking about coming to business school, it, there's a lot of focus on technical stuff. And in my experience, being around executive MBA students or just MBA students at Dart generally, uh, there's a real focus on people and you know, not just customers and, and employees, but also you as a person and really doing that self-work to understand who you are, your strengths, uh, what you add, but also where your blind spots might be, how people uh, perceive you and kind of being mindful of those things as you communicate and interact with others. Um, that's one of the things that I really love. People come to get an MBA and they start and they actually do all this like interior work about, about who they are. Um, surprise. Uh, that, but that's how, how it goes. Um, yeah. And it's it's tough. I think especially <laughs> our professors joke quite often that we're a room of very type A, high performing people. And I know for me personally, sometimes it's hard to stop and think about the emotional side of business. I'd rather just focus on facts and figures, but um, at the end of the end of the day, that's not what is most important. Um, so I've been so pleasantly surprised at, at how much emphasis Darden places on those, what they call softer skills, but they're really so important. I know we got to come up with a, another terminology yeah. for soft skills because like <laughs> it makes them sound diminished. Right. And this is the stuff that makes a huge difference for leaders and managers, right? right so, totally. I mean, well, they, I'm in marketing. Let me work on rebranding that for you. <laughs> I'll let you all know. right. <laughs> when anybody brings this up in the future, I'll just say, we've got someone working on it. Yeah. It's a work in progress. Absolutely. All right, Johnny. Uh, same question for you. Um, here you are, 10-ish months or so, approaching the Q5 exams, quarter five exams. When you look back on, on this journey, how have you grown and developed over this period of time? So I think I've changed a bunch as a manager. Uh, so I've had the fortunate opportunity in my last job in the Navy to lead a team of about 14, um, all SMEs and what they do. And I would say the year of being at Darden, uh, it helped me slow down. Uh, I definitely would say like I was quick to, to jump into problems and try and answer them, you know, with a teammate or by myself. But I will say a lot of the classes just taught me to slow down. Big picture. Um, how can I, you know, what are some of the questions that can really unlock the potential of some of my um, teammates, some of my direct reports, um, and how can I lean on them uh, to really get a problem we're trying to figure out? Um, and this is problems like how do we transport, you know, Connex boxes all the way to Bahrain, Guam, you know, different places in the country, especially with all the um, supply chain issues we had going on. There were a lot of questions that I didn't even know what to ask, but I would say um, being an MBA just kind of really helped me slow things down. Uh, and me, uh, especially within my last job in the Navy. Uh, so it was, it's been really great so far. And I'll say the, the power of the network, kind of what Hannah was talking about, you know, the ability to really reach out to this group of, you know, 140 plus teammates at Darden in my car cohort and, be able to ask questions real quick on Discord, which is the app we all use, uh, and to really get at some of the things, whether it's for work, personally, um, or for my family. Uh, it's been absolutely amazing. Well, that's great. And, you know, one of the things that 
we've heard, I would say, a lot this year from students, and maybe the past couple of years, is, and this always would come up, but I don't know if maybe the pandemic has shifted also a little bit of how, how people are, are thinking about this, in that it might be a little bit more difficult to meet people right now um, and to kind of make some of these connections socially. Uh, that kind of social aspect, you know, meeting 135 new people and, and forming friendships and gaining a community, that's always been part of the proposition here at Darden. Let's be very clear about that. But it does feel like it's even more top of mind for people, um, just given where we are, this current current context. We've heard that a lot, particularly from our, our prospective students recently. So I appreciate um, you, you both noting uh, the, the power of the community here. So uh, let's talk a little bit more about the Executive MBA Entrepreneurship Club. Um, Johnny, there's lots of things you could do in your second year of the program. You could just keep doing coursework uh, and just, just be a student, but you decided to be a student leader. So... Uh, how did you decide that you wanted to take on a leadership role with a student organization as, as part of your second year journey? Uh, so I will admit I was very unsure at first. I married two kids, one on the way in August. Uh, so I would say I'd probably have somewhat of a full play already. Um, Nate Carlson actually gave me, a, gave me a nudge and I'm extremely grateful for it because we talk all the time. Uh, he owns a few restaurants um, and we talk entrepreneurship. Um, I've told him some of my ideas, my thought, and I even learned about, you know, kind of my end goal, um, hopefully next five years down the road. And that's entrepreneurship through acquisition. Uh, John Dangle, one of our um, cohort members, um, actually had mentioned it to me. And I had the opportunity in this past year to really learn a ton about it. And I knew the opportunity to, to be a part of this with Hannah and help lead this group would kind of put my feet to the fire to one, learn more about ETA, um, and to hopefully pursue that opportunity, but also just to, to teach more people about it. I'm absolutely obsessed with the thought of buying a small business. And I know they teach at the big schools. We teach it a little bit at Darden. And I really want to try and get the word out there about what it is, because I can already look at our cohort and I can already tell. I can just pick through each class and just say, wow, this person would be an amazing person to do a small business or maybe even be a, you know, go in on opportunity together. Um, so really just the aspect of selfishly learning more about it, but then also, you know, teaching more of our cohort about what entrepreneurship through acquisition is and hopefully um, having Darden, you know, be a bigger factor in, in this community. I appreciate your, your mentioning uh, ETA, entrepreneurship through acquisition. It does feel like there is a growing interest in this particular mm -hmm. topic, at least in recent executive MBA classes. And, and you may know, and for our listeners' knowledge, uh, there's actually kind of a regional entrepreneurship through acquisition conference that happens uh, a symposium of schools in the, the mid-Atlantic region get to, get together for this conference every year and uh, not so distant uh, past. It was it was at Darden. Uh, sometimes yep. it's down in North Carolina. Uh, but nevertheless, um, it's, a, it's a cool idea. I, I will also say it's not something I knew at all about before coming to business school, uh, business school environment, I should say, in my role. I'd never even heard of it. I had no idea that this was a thing that people did. So... Um, Maybe the same for many of our listeners. So, yeah. um, so that, well, that's great. Well, Hannah, how about you? How did you decide that I'd like to be a, a student leader? And that's how I want to spend some, some of my time as a second year student. Well, I came to Darden um, thinking that my goal would be by the end of school, would, uh, I would like to launch a business. Um, I grew up with a dad who was a serial entrepreneur. I'm now married to an entrepreneur. <laughs> it's a very crazy but normal lifestyle to me um and i knew a lot of the the pros 
and cons of being a, a business owner or owning your own business and um, have always had that desire. And, and that was part of the reason I wanted to come to business school is to get exposure to those areas of business that I haven't worked as closely in. And, and I realized when I got to Darden that not as many students as I was expecting were had entrepreneurship on their mind. Um, and through conversations that I had in the first couple of months of the program, I saw those those thoughts actually shift um, and students become more open to the idea of either starting their own business or doing ETA or joining a startup. And I realized the, the broad reach that this entrepreneurship club could have within our program. I think there's so many opportunities to use either entrepreneurship or entrepreneurship. If you are at a company, you don't necessarily want to leave, but you want to lead the charge and developing a new department or a new product. Um, I, I think there's so many skills that you can learn from being exposed to entrepreneurship. And then Johnny and I talk about this a lot, that we want this club to be a great resource to our cohort, whether they want to start a business this year or in 10 years. Um, there's so many alumni that maybe they left Darden and started at a big company right off the bat, but 10 years down the road, they're now entrepreneurs. And, and we have an opportunity to connect with them and, and learn from the alumni as well as our, our own student base. And there's quite a few students who are in our program who have already exited businesses. I mean, have started, like, it's amazing what people have already accomplished since the majority of our class is further along in our career. Um, so I, once I knew about the opportunity to, to be a leader in the entrepreneurship club, I just thought it would be an amazing way to get more connected with like-minded students and help convince some that maybe weren't even thinking about entrepreneurship. Um, but I will say I have a business idea I'm working on right now and planning to launch it within the next couple of months. Um, and I've just been blown away at the number of students who have, one, dropped everything to help me. As soon as I've asked, um, you have, I have such an, a, a wide array of experiences to pull from. And, and these students have helped me save months of time and research money uh, that I probably would have spent and not realized I didn't need to. Um, and, and they're so energized and willing to help because that's their area of expertise and background. Um, and at the same time, I've had students reach out and offer to help that I didn't even think to ask. Um, I think that's one of the coolest parts about being at Darden is, is just the energy and willingness that students want to bring um, to help their fellow classmates. So I saw a lot of opportunity with this club. And, and I think John, between Johnny and I, we kind of cover two different areas of entrepreneurship and, and we enjoy learning along as, as well as just leading the club. Mm -hmm. Well, we'll have to get you back on the podcast to talk about this business idea. I'm not going to put you on the spot right now. So it might be, a little too soon and you probably have a whole like global uh marketing campaign planned for for this idea so we'll get you back on the show um, all right cool I'll well, <laughs> I, I, well entrepreneurship is one of these like sort of ongoing things that we're that i will speak personally you know i think darden has tremendous resources in this in this area um so enjoy kind of talking with entre student entrepreneurs through the years. So we feature people as they've been exploring ventures and going through the early stages. Hey, I've got an idea trying to figure out, you know, if this has legs and participating in the E-Cup and winning in the E-Cup, which is the 
entrepreneurship competition at the University of Virginia. There's three stages. It seems like there's a growing number of Darden teams across all the NBA formats every year in that, in that competition. And it's, it's been great to kind of see students maybe come in, not know too much about this, get intrigued by it, and maybe just even choose to enter just to see, see what happens. Hannah, I want to pick up on something that you, you mentioned. You, you mentioned you know, coming and being kind of surprised that there weren't more people thinking about this, but all of a sudden, it, it feels like maybe there's a little bit more emerging interest in entrepreneurship in your class now that you're a little bit further along. Do you feel like anything kind of has sparked that a bit? Is it just conversations? Is it the curriculum? Uh, what would you attribute that to? So I think there's actually two things. I, I was thinking about this the other day. Um, you know, one, I almost think this is a global shift in the way we think about work because of the pandemic. And I think so many more people are open and, and willing to explore opportunities that are different than what they did the past 10 years. Um, I think there's so many tools and resources available now to entrepreneurs that while it's not easy in any way to start a business or run a business, I think there's, there's so much opportunity to take that leap and, and try something out. Um, I think one of the other points that comes to mind is the emphasis that Darden has placed in a lot of our classes on creating the life that you want, um, this, I was actually just talking to my dad about this and he was like, I do not remember this in my MBA program that we were talking about this however many years ago that was. But at the end of the day, it's your life. You need to create the life that you want. Um, and it doesn't mean following a set career path and you may zig and zag or why not try out a new, a, a new career, a new industry or starting your own business. And I think that's really sparked a lot of people in our class to start thinking about what are they passionate about? What do they want to spend their time doing? Um, and, and also getting exposed to other students in our program and learning about problems they experience and, and start thinking about how can we solve those problems. Um, so I think it's just a, a whole new chapter for entrepreneurship and, and access to starting your own thing. It's a pretty cool time to, to try starting a new venture. And Johnny, I'm curious, like, what is it about entrepreneurship through acquisition, which um, there's all kinds of stuff you can read about uh, when it comes to entrepreneurship through acquisition. I mean, there's search funds, there's uh, people that just go out and, you know, find a small business. They, they look at it, they think, oh, I can do something with that. I can maybe help that grow and uh, increase the valuation of that business. I mean, lots of different ways uh, to approach that. Um, what about it uh, resonated with you? So I've always been interested in entrepreneurship, uh, but I never could think of like, I feel like a great idea. You know, all the great ideas I could think about, uh, my wife would shoot down pretty quick. Uh, so I knew <laughs> uh, there may be another route that I'd probably need to go. Um, but in all honesty, it's just uh, the opportunity to learn from people who've done it. Uh, you know, shout out to Chris Hartman, Emba16, we actually had on um we had a Zoom with him about a week ago. He bought a small uh, business in Charlotte, North Carolina, commercial scale company, American Scale. And I had the chance to talk to him kind of when I was, before I'd gotten to Darden and as I was kind of learning more about ETA. And the more people I talked to, it just kind of sold me on the concept. Um, and I'm more interested in kind of like uh, industrial business, like, like dirty businesses. Uh, my, my dad had, and his seven brothers and father 
owned a manufacturing company here in Charlotte. Um, used to be calendars. They grew it to start doing uh, journal books where they put, you know, one actually, when I was down in Darden for a month, the journal book that they gave us, I turned over the back and his company's logo was on the back. Um, and I forgot that I haven't really told many people about that, but that was kind of like one of the moments of like, wow, it's weird. And as I was starting to think about Darden, I'd always thought about that time, but uh, um, I'd always seen what my dad's company had, you know, with, with the workers that they had and the people who would come for Thanksgiving and Christmas and how close knit that small business was. Um, and it just got me really interested in the space. You know, like I said, the more and more people I talked to, it just kind of sold me on the opportunity. All right. Well, lots of, lots of things happening here. Um, you know, dreaming, imagining, uh, what, what's to come. Um, that's the, in, in my opinion, I think that's one of the best things about where y'all are in the program because you've, largely knocked out most of the core curriculum. You're now starting to take electives. And it is definitely one of those times where the sort of next chapter in people's career starts to take on more shape. So we're thinking about launching a venture or making a transition, taking on a new role, new opportunity, new company. The rubber's really meeting the road with that. If they're looking to climb, this is a time when they're really maybe activating that network within within their their company and, and starting to have uh, maybe more serious conversations about where where they would like to be, and um, that all comes with kind of the second year in the program in the sort of typical career timeline for an executive MBA student. So we got to get you both back here on the podcast to talk about all of this. So, um, and I also love the fact that both of your stories kind of have this personal dimension to it. You know, you have people that you know, small business owners or entrepreneurs in your in your own life, and um, it's rubbed off on you or set an example for you. And um, there's a a nice personal uh, streak through through both of your stories. So I wonder, um, as you look forward to the year ahead, I'm, I'm sure we've got some folks, you know, here who are looking to join the Executive MBA class of 2024 starting in, in August and are curious about the club. Like, what, what are you hoping to accomplish in, in the year ahead, Johnny? What's on your mind when you think about Entrepreneurship Club? Where, where would you like to where would you like to go in, in the coming months? Uh, so one is obviously expand the knowledge about ETA, but I think just kind of how Darden looks at small business. I think it's important to to note that there are a lot of great Darden alumni who've either started just small businesses and, and have done great things for their family and their community um, or gone through ETA and bought small business and communities. Um, you know, when you walk the Darden halls, I remember we're in LR1, you see all these very accomplished people, VPs of Pepsi, you know, CEO, whatever company. Um, but for me, I think it'd be awesome to see some small business owners up there one day. Um, so really having, you know, our cohort as well as, you know, future cohorts learn more about the impact of small business um, and just the great things that the Darden community has done in that space um, really for me would be amazing. All right. And Hannah, yeah, what are you, what are you hoping? All right. Yeah, 100% back up what Johnny said. We've, we've talked about this many times, but I think there's a huge opportunity to continue to build out and promote the entrepreneurs that have come through Darden. Darden has the Batten Institute, which is a phenomenal program and, and place for resources for entrepreneurs, whether you're currently in school or you're looking for funding in 10 years. Um, it's, I, I think there's still opportunity to connect the executive MBA program with the Batten Institute even further. And it's exciting to see new initiatives and steps that are happening just this year. 
um, that we get to be a part of and help shape. And I just filled out my um, electives bidding process for the rest of the year, which is insane that it's all the way through Q10. But the number of specific entrepreneurship electives is just amazing that you can have dedicated resources to focus on a venture you want to start or talk about specific um, parts of entrepreneurship that I know I would probably spend so much time researching. And now I can actually have experts sit down and help me and I get class credit for it is amazing because that's in the real world. That's what I'm going to be doing. And Darden totally understands that and setting us up to be successful once we graduate. Um, I, I think Johnny and I will just be recruiting as many people into those classes as we can uh, over the next year. Well, it feels like every year that I've been here, I mean, certainly the elective offerings have grown. Uh, for executive MBA students, we've had over 40 electives offered over the past uh, past couple of years. And that's a, that's a lot for a student population of about 135 or so students taking electives at, at any given time in the executive MBA program. Um, always about six or seven entrepreneurship-focused electives, maybe even more than that at this point. Uh, everything from like effectual entrepreneurship to entrepreneurial thinking, to entrepreneurial finance. You could do an independent study if you want to work closely with a faculty member on a business idea uh, that you have. You have starting new ventures. That one is always, always popular. I'm sure the list goes on. There's been um, kind of a couple courses about disruption. And y'all are also in PAC2 now, which is the second, uh, brand new, second install, second installment in the professional advancement course. The first one's in quarter one. Now y'all are in this, the second second part of the course. And there's several modules focused on venturing, I think. Is that, is that right, Hannah? Yeah, I, I'm glad you brought that up because I was thinking about Jim Collins had shared the PAC-2 course, professional, professional advancement course. Um, he said that it was one of the, we're the only top program that's actually instilling some sort of program like this for our students and you select different modules to focus on for the summer quarters and it's actually related to what you're going to do in life and it's dedicated time to focus on activities whether for Johnny and I it's working on whatever our venture is we we put together a plan and actionable steps and actually make sure that they get done and we have a mentor to give us feedback and guide us along um you can do networking. You can actually work on your resume. You can mock interview. I mean, very, very specific skills and action steps that I think a lot of times, especially in our busy and hectic schedules, we can easily put to the side or, or rush to think about it a month before graduation. And we're doing it in the middle of the program where it's most important. So I think that's pretty cool and, and highly beneficial that we're spending time focusing on that. Johnny, are you enjoying professional advancement course too? Yeah, it's really required me to put uh, pen to paper a lot of my ideas. So I think that's been the exciting thing. And then Jason Brewster from um, the Bat Institute, really getting in the room with him and getting his feedback and even some of the resources he's brought. At, you know, our last OGR, he brought um, someone in the venture space. And we kind of all had a chance to, to sit down and spitball. And he provided me two or three names just from that, you know, 30 minute meeting, people I can go reach out to, some people here in Charlotte uh, that are in the ETA space. So it's been it's been a great opportunity. I've loved it. Yeah, last OGR to follow up on what Johnny just said, we had a meeting Friday morning before classes got started for the weekend. And 
what, 15 people were in the room or 15 students and Jason and then Damon DeVito from Batten Institute gave us feedback on our ideas. And each person only had, it was kind of a fast, quick round robin um, feedback session. And the amount of feedback I got in five minutes was more, I mean, things to consider, questions, thoughts, people I should talk to more than I had even thought or considered in the past month. And they're just a wealth of information and connections. And um, to be able to have them at our fingertips is, it's huge. I mean, that's, that will be a resource that lasts us for a long time. Yeah, I was, um, what a, what a time to be interested in entrepreneurship. I was just over those two days, uh, Thursday night, there was a venture uh, capital panel, which we talked about here on the podcast, but I mean, incredible discussion. Um, I learned, I mean, I've been to a few of these panels at this point. I felt like I learned about the industry, like at a real nuts and bolts level in a way that I had not previously, just how the money works and all this kind of stuff. And uh, of course, then y'all had Friday morning with Jason and, and Damon and MJ Toms, another person who, if you are working with the Bats, Batten Institute, you'll get to know very well. And is uh, in a lot of, in a lot of different conversations related to entrepreneurship uh, at the Darden School. Uh, she was up here on Thursday night. Um, I'm, I was so glad to see all of that happening because, uh, you know, they that group has been working to try to have a bit more presence in Roslyn with our executive MBA students. And of course, the part-time uh, program coming along here too. Uh, a few more students for them to connect with as well. So um, I'm excited uh, about, about the trend lines here. So uh, we ask everybody kind of the, the same last question, um, a piece of advice uh, that you would share with, uh, with folks as, as they think about Darden and maybe taking this, this step with their careers. Hannah, uh, what, what would you share? I think two pieces of advice. I would say one, if you're like me and you keep having this voice in the back of your head that is pushing you to apply and realize you keep exploring MBA opportunities, then apply. Um, you know, don't talk yourself out of it. At least go through um, the interview process and and meet as many alumni as possible. I think that's what we're, I, I'm sad to think that maybe that would have held me back from actually going forward is, is talking myself out of it. So I'd say listen to that voice in your head and, and actually do it. Push submit on that application. Um, I'd say the second one, I remember listening to some of your podcasts, Brett, when I was going through the application process and I reached out to a couple of specifically women through uh, LinkedIn after hearing their interviews. And so I would encourage anyone, especially if you have a marketing background or, or maybe you have a non-quant background and are nervous about business school, um, reach out to me and I'm happy to chat with you. I, that that was very reassuring and helpful. And, and I think you'll be pleasantly surprised to how, how responsive and, um, eager to talk to you a lot of the current students will be so i'm um, happy to chat anytime you want well thank you hannah and, and johnny you get the last word here uh word, word of advice something you would encourage our listeners to consider as, as they think about their mba journeys i think there's no better time than now i really thought about this and was probably pretty fearful at first when i thought about um committing to the thought of this and then kind of like to me it seemed like yeah there's you're never prepared for it. And just similar to this, like you can never fully be prepared for it, but the people you kind of go along, you know, this journey with really make a huge impact on your experience, really get you through it. Um, I don't think anyone could coast through this. I don't think anyone, you know, absolutely crushes it. I think we all, 
um, lean on people, lean on our teammates like throughout this you know two year journey, and uh, it's amazing. So if you're fearful, commit to it. There's no better time than now. Yeah, the the thing that we always stress with folks, and and we're never quite sure how this how this sounds to people, but I, I do think of this as the truth. Is one, there's no perfect time, right? Your life will always be complex. There'll always be a million things going on, particularly as you know where people are when they're thinking about this program. Uh, it's just a lot, a lot happening. But then two, there's just a leap of faith aspect uh, to this. Um, just kind of a belief that I, this is what I want to do, and I'll know I'll figure it out. You're not going to have perfect information. You're not going to know everything. Uh, there's going to be an ambiguity, some uncertainty along the way. Life will happen. Work will happen. School will happen all at the same time. And you know what? 21 months later, you'll graduate. And that's just the journey for, for all of our executive MBA students. But um, you find a way through it. And, and typically, uh, that way involves a lot of support from folks at home and folks uh, at work and also from your classmates. Nobody does this on their own. So... Uh, Anna, Johnny, thank you so much for coming on the podcast. It's uh, so great to have these conversations with with, uh, with you and your classmates as y'all move into these leadership roles. Can this really be the case that y'all are in the exam period for quarter five? How did this happen? It's so um, amazing. Um, congratulations on all that you've accomplished thus far in the program. Thanks, Brett. It's great chatting with you. Yeah, appreciate it, Brett. And that was my interview with Johnny O'Boyle and Hannah Solomon two leaders of our Executive MBA Entrepreneurship Club here at the Darden School of Business. As always, if you have any comments, suggestions, requests, anything you'd like for us to cover here on the podcast, we're all ears. We can be reached at exec, that's E-X-E-C, MBA at darden.virginia.edu. Until next time, stay safe, be well, and thanks for listening.